So, Bear, uh, we lost another one at the restaurant, which was which is par for the course at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this girl uh, quits, uh, you know, no two week notice or anything, but quits by telling us that uh, she wasn't making the money that she really needs to be making, right? Sure. Quit. Fair. Yeah. Can't hate her for that, right? Right. But then brings in that she needs minimum $1,600 a week. What? <clears throat> and I know that, like, listen, I know we got listeners. Out, I know you guys don't know where I live. You guys don't know what's going on. But I live in a very poor town. <laughs> You don't need that much money a week. No. <laughs> Especially that's if you ridiculous. live where we live. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> we were like, what are you talking about? Dude, that's more than both of us make in a week. Dude, easily. <laughs> I was like, what does this girl do that she needs $5,000 a month? Well, the restaurant's not good enough, sir. The restaurant wasn't good enough. So now she's uh, heading, she's going to get a job um, at a different restaurant um, about a half hour away. And she's also losing her license because of a DUI. So good luck with that woman. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's going to be so much money to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this girl's a, a, a complete wild card anyways. You know? Yeah, what a hoot. <laughs> yeah, hoot and holler. Um, speaking of hooting and hollering, I heard that you had a good hoot and holler not too long ago. Yeah, dude. So, you know, I was psyched for A24 Dicks the Musical. Yeah, and how that was. And, it, and to be honest, I went in with zero expectations. This sure. was not a movie that I went in hyped over like I expected to be genius. Right. Okay. Uh, it opens up with some words on a black screen, and I instantly know what I'm in for. <laughs> it's like we've <laughs> this movie was written by two gay guys, and then it goes to the next page, and it says the first two gay guys to ever write something ever. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, the last one is, no, seriously, they are so brave. <laughs> Yo! And I... Listen, here's the thing. Objectively, it's maybe a 4 out of 10. <laughs> Objectively. But, God, the songs were so catchy. Nathan Lane and Megan Mullaney. <laughs> just, just God level. Megan Mullaney specifically. Good. She's great in it. It's very She's good. <laughs> she, <laughs> her, and Nathan Lane's character have a really, really weird quirk <laughs> specific to themselves. And I just, it blows your mind that they made this movie at all. How was, um, how was Megan the Stallion in it? 
she was <laughs> basically like Aquafina and Renfield. Her part could have been taken out entirely, and the movie would have been the same. Sick. Yeah, she was eh, <laughs> but you know, star name, I guess. Yeah. So you're saying so. All right. So you're saying like four out of ten altogether. But yeah. like, what about like as a gay movie? Well, so that's what's interesting about it. And I think that's the angle that I enjoyed it from. Yeah. Is every single trope, they way over-exaggerated. Not just over-exaggerated, like to ridiculous A24 levels of exaggerated. Okay, so, so we made it very, it, it was a very fun watch then. Yeah, it was, and it was, you know, it, everything was intentional. Like something happens at the end Yeah, that in this universe of the movie uh, oh and by the way they're starting to do meta things within their movies within their universe in this movie (laughs) or at least Dick's the musical is the catalyst of it it's like no like Dick's the musical like A24 lives within Dick's the musical universe like it's super (laughs) weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) They're leaning in and I'm enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, so does sound sick. They take a, yeah, they take a spin on game gay marriage at the end that you're like, well, I don't know if I like that choice. And then it ends and you go, I, I see their point. I'm not now I'm not upset. I just think it's weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it works. It's fine. The two uh, the two main guys play straight characters and they're they're my least favorite parts of sure. the movie, the two mains. But are they like straight manning it up, like literally <laughs> and narratively? I guess. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's over exaggerated, right? So, like yeah. the one guy, the first line the one guy says is, "My cock is so fucking massive." In his sure. song, that's his very first line in the movie. So I'm like, okay, we're we're going that direction. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um how many how many dicks on screen? How many times was there hanging dong? I I don't think you ever see one. Boo! Cowards! I, I never thought that Now I'd that think... you ask me, it's always kind of covered up. Never yeah. thought that I'd say that about A24, but absolute cowards. No, I'm okay with it. It's it's fine. No, you gotta if your movie is called Dicks the Musical, you gotta at least have some helicoptering in there. <laughs> Actually, yeah, one guy the one guy should have done it. Okay, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Uh, right. I also <laughs> had a very fun gay evening not too long ago. Yeah? Yeah. Uh I went to a uh Disney themed drag show. That sounds like a good time. Disney it would was, hate that. So fun. <laughs> Who is your favorite? Who's your new favorite princess? Or well, prince? So so Whichever before you going in, I felt like I felt a little uh like premonition, right? Because yeah. I was like, okay, so they're doing like Disney. It but it doesn't the, the poster doesn't say Disney princess, it just says Disney. No. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, okay, there's definitely gonna be some princesses. But I bet 
there's going to be at least one or two of them that are dressed as bad guys. And those dressed are villains, right? Yeah. And the one, the one p- person was like, oh, yeah, they're probably just going to do Ursula. And I was like, damn it. Like, yeah, probably just probably Ursula. But like, I really wanted like Jafar. Yeah, Jafar. Yeah. Like that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or Scar. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the show's going on. We're having a good time. And, and the, the outfits, they're good, but like, they're not like that, like drag level that like I was expecting or that like I was really wanting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then this woman, this girl came out, right. This, this queen came out, dude. Fucking Jafar. Awesome. Fucking <laughs> good Jafar. Times. Good times. Big old hat. Big old hat. <laughs> she's coming out and she's singing uh, the, the opening song. Yeah. Um, you know, you I come from a land of a far away. That song, right? She's singing that. Yeah. And then uh, she slowly walks her way up to the stage and then it hits that big first, you know, Arabian Nights. That's like, that like long, prolonged note. And as that's going on, she lifts up her cape. And the one side of her cape is Jafar holding the lamp. And the other side of the cape is the, the Cave of Wonders. That's great. And the crowd <laughs> went nuts. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Easily the moment of the night. She was so cool. Later on, she came down as the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. And that was equally just astounding. Just a good time. Really good time. But that uh, menu that I sent you a picture of. That's what uh, that's from? Yeah, that's what they were offering. And and that had a lot of really fun drinks on it. The come on my panties. The whatever. (laughs) I yeah. work at a bar and I hate when people order drinks like that, right? Like, I hate because yeah. we have a really popular one called the sit on my face shot. That, yeah, I hate it. I hate it because, and I'll tell you why because it's a trap. It's oh, it always comes without fail. <laughs> it <laughs> always comes down to some old dude buying a group of girls a round of shots. And then whenever they take them, the girls are like, Oh, that was sweet. That tasted like candy. What was that? And he'll be like, Oh, that was my sweaty balls. That shot's called my sweaty balls in your mouth. And I, oh God, dude. It just, have Gross. some class. Yeah. Speaking of class. <laughs> Speaking of class. Yeah. We're here to talk about somebody who rises in them today. Yes, we are talking about the <laughs> ultimate class movie. Yeah. We are talking a, a very interesting movie. I'm super interested to get your take on it. Um, I don't know if you're as interested to get my take on it, because I'm sure you're going to know what I think of it. Um, This is considered, and we've done a couple Kubricks before, right? Yeah. We've done a few Kubricks. Yeah. Right. We love we love our boy Stanley Cubes. That's what he lets me call him. That's what I call him. Yeah, um, I think that's okay. Yes. You're tight. Stan- you're tight. No, we, yes, we do Cubes. enjoy him because he has his own vision. But it's so you'll laugh at this. Now I watch all of his movies and I think about the dumbest shit. Like if somebody takes a drink out of a cup, I'm like, I wonder how many times they had to take that sip to make it just right. Now you're just. <laughs> See, now you're just thinking like a normal Stanley Kubrick fan. 
Yeah, right. I know. I'm like finally trained to understand like that speech that that dude gave for the last five minutes. Yeah. That monologue. He yeah. probably did that 30 times. Yeah. Now you're understanding <laughs> it, right? I mean, yeah. This is, I listen, I don't care what you say, Patrick. This is a huge win for Mundo, getting you to think like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I know. Now I see every single little moment and I'm like, ah. That person probably hated but now life. you can also get where where i'm coming from whenever i'm like he's a bit pretentious you yeah know, he's a little bit like, this is a good movie for that too because yeah movement and facial expressions are really important because it's the dialogue is really the main player let me ask you yeah yes absolutely so. <laughs> uh this is a movie that does not have an actual score any mu- music that's in this mu- movie is diegetic okay uh, which means that it is existing in the world of the of the unit of the movie um, there is no score that like helps you determine what i should be feeling in this moment uh let me ask you yeah. this did you find this funny i did okay yeah okay i found there was definitely some funny parts like he would you know he'd be a bit of a dick here and there and he'd find some other ways to get some digs in the one guy was like his great uncle or whatever from the beginning of the movie yeah uh, was a funny mm-hmm. dude i think they did a decent job of throwing that in there yeah remember whenever <laughs> we were doing um i think 2001 i had mentioned yeah. that like even though 2001 isn't my favorite Kubrick movie, um, it has a lot of like super subtle comedy in it that really yeah. makes it a joy to watch a second and third time just because like now you're getting like the real jokes of the movie. This isn't like that. This has like blatant, almost like slapstick at some points, right? Just like a little really bit, yeah. funny things that just keep happening to this poor fellow. Well, <laughs> He also just bounces his way into stuff sometimes. Hilarious. Yeah. Like, I, I know it's not, you know, exactly, you know, a Machiavellian copy because he doesn't really have a buddy with him to, like, keep him straight, right? But the world itself is almost like his buddy. And they're like, oh, you need a place to stay? There's this cute girl just happening <laughs> to come down the road. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's an interesting. Like, it's just. That's an interesting way way of thinking about it because um, Ryan O'Neill, who plays the titular titular uh, Barry Lyndon in this movie, does not like this movie almost for that reason. I I think in the context, I think it works for what he was. I can see what he was doing. So this is <laughs> going to be a very interesting information to reveal to you i think because whenever i heard it i was like wow this almost paints this whole movie in a different light and i wish that i knew this information before i watched it this was my first time watching this movie as well right okay i thought you had seen it yeah and i really wish that i had known this but ryan o'neill after seeing like the first cut of this movie was disappointed because he thought that he filmed a different movie with Stanley Kubrick. Like he thought oh. that he was he was they were filming like a super serious like adventure drama. 
And then oh. to see this super serious adventure drama performance kind of be put into this farcical, satirical, like historical, almost like tragic comedy. Yeah. It really set him the wrong way. It really made him feel like if he knew that this was the movie that they would be making, he would have performed it in a different way. But I think this only works if he has that super serious and like really, really emotional performance, right? Well, you know who doesn't give an F? Stanley Kubes, baby. He don't right. care what you think. Stan Coops is going to do what Sam Coops does, he got right? What he Not wanted. because Stanley Coops is Stanley Coops, <laughs> but because he is who he is, right? Yeah. He's like, I'll take the 27th take. That was the best. That one works. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a really fun thing about that yeah. later on. Oh, I'm sure. so funny. I feel like every one of his movies has some horror story that's out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is uh, that's so fun about him is, is just that is that like there're just so many stories about people being like, yeah, he's literally the craziest and the most perfectionist director I've ever worked for and after working with him, it's it almost feels like other directors don't care about their movies. Yeah. Because of how particular he is to them, you know? I mean, they really set up this movie to be as authentic as, as it could in terms of like costuming. It's all practical. It's all practical. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, just, and it's not like this movie has like any like real big battle scenes. Right. No, but when you're watching these battle scenes, you're still tensed and stressed <laughs> Because it's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, like there's oh, yeah. actually Earth getting exploded here. There's actual it's good. like soldiers marching in mud. Yeah. It's solid. It's a very it's a very well made movie. Yeah. And I don't well, think I, that goes without saying, really. I think if we ever have a Stanley Cooper conversation, it's probably going to be a sound assumption. Yeah, I I, I was just looking at his uh, IMDb because I was super um, interested in like seeing what his lowest rated IMDb. I was just going to look that up. (laughs) Yep, you read my mind. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because this one, I believe, is like an an 8, maybe an 8.2. Oh, I got it right here. Oh, dude. I went to the, they found one on Reddit and he's like, oh, I'm easily, uh, oh, where is it? Beautiful. Maybe, oh, this, this is way too long. <laughs> uh, the, this dude is saying The Shining is his worst movie. I, funny. Well, so let me read this because it's actually kind of funny. That's it. What he says. The very sentence after he says The Shining, The Shining is filled with poor logic continuity errors and over the top performances that's literally everything we've talked about when we reviewed it (laughs) so like all right i see your point i feel (laughs) okay so first of all there are things that he says that are accurate about the shining and inaccurate one any of the continuity errors i feel like were there on purpose no yeah yeah that that part but yeah i'm with you (laughs) yeah 
uh, God, I don't know what I would put as his as my least favorite movie of his that I've seen. Maybe Lolita, I, and that's because I felt so uncomfortable while watching it. Oh, I've never actually seen that, but I want to. Yeah, nineteen sixty-two. Maybe we'll add that into one of the rotations in the future. I mean, he has. I mean, I'm always down to watch a Coombs, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah we are obviously. always down. Uh, I got. To, you know what? I will say, I'm not a big Full Metal Jacket guy. Oh, really? I love Full Metal. I don't quite understand it. It didn't. It, it didn't hit me when I watched it. I hear you. I hear you. That's and that's how I feel about The Shining. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. There are parts of The Shining that I'm like, damn, I understand why this is one of the most influential horror movies of all time. But through yeah. 80% of it, I'm like, can we just get this fucking over with? <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, I didn't I feel that with this one, though. About this movie by a co-worker of mine. Uh, we were talking about kind of like film classics that we've seen that we haven't seen. Yeah. And- uh, they brought up Barry Lyndon, asked if I watched that, and I was like, no. And he was like, it was one of those things, and you know how much I love this, whenever he was like, oh my god, you have got to see Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, dude, that name sounds made up. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> and it is. So- it is. <laughs> Uh, so so yeah he told me that it was from stanley kubrick and i was like boom awesome however i did give him a warning i was like i will watch this movie but i will not watch it until i I will we'll put it on the podcast because if it's a kubrick i want it to be something for the podcast yeah uh so question for you yeah on that um like me you probably went in blind all yeah. I really knew was this, was this dude's journey, right? Um, yeah. The first thirty minutes. What, what what were your feelings on that? Because personally, I loved it. Um, I. It was a great great so hit I'll off tell for this, you this epic. I <laughs> loved everything until the intermission. I loved everything until the intermission. I thought you mean like this back half of it? Yeah, the part one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought part one was was incredible. I was like, if you if if the movie ended right there, this would probably be my favorite Kubrick movie. Yeah, and then he took one idea and went way too long. And then he kind of Kubricked it, right? Yeah. (laughs) He overthought the plot. He, He hit it with he hit it with the Kubrick. Through a Kubrick through the window. Although we did get a great, like, teenage monologue. Well, I thought that was that, excellent. So that's not to say that the second half of this no. is is bad. That's just to say that the first half moves at such a clip, and things yeah. are constantly happening that whenever part two comes, and part two is really like I feel like the more like film or tour part of the movie right that's that's more yeah that, that's your like glitz and glamour yeah of the movie and i don't want it to make it seem like i i didn't like the second part of the movie i very much enjoyed the second part of the movie but it had a different feeling than the first part his whole character changed which was really interesting 
Yeah. And I wonder if my dislike, and uh, you know, I, I got to rewatch this because that'll really determine how much I like the second part of this movie. Yeah. But, you know, I think a, a big part of my dislike for it is intentional. I don't think we're supposed to like Barry Lyndon come the end of this movie. But, oh, God, no. <laughs> but because the first part of this movie spends so much time in getting us to like him, it's a bit alarming whenever we start seeing things that he does that we don't like. Yeah. Well, you know, you know that he does things. You just don't see it in that first half, right? Right. How does he survive? We don't know. Right. But and, he has to be doing least, something. Yeah. And to me, at least in the first part, it's like he's taking from people who I don't want to say deserve it. No. But you don't necessarily feel bad for him taking advantage of them. Right? Well, no. Even the woman that he meets, you know, she she wants that companionship for a short right, time. Right. It's not like she's not in for it. Right. So. And then and then you meet this, and then you meet uh, Lady Linden of, you know, yeah. this heiress or whatever, this widow, and she has this son. And now that this son's here and this mother's here, and it's clear that she's so infatuated with Barry and they married directly after, you know, her first husband dies and, yeah. and he swoops right in. And now it's like, oh, Barry, she don't deserve this. Like... She didn't well, deserve to be swept up in this terrible person's decisions. I like that we're jumping right in because this is a very character run movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how much the plot itself makes a difference as much as the characters themselves. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's... If, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Let's have that conversation this way. I'm here to have this conversation. Yeah. This way. But first, as always, you know, we we got to we got some shit that we got to take care of. Vanilla Bear, will you please tell these people how they can help us out? Yes, please tell your friends and family. These are some cool movies we're doing, guys. And we want to know what you want to have us talk about. You know, who watches Barry Lyndon just because we heard from this (laughs) from somebody and we're talking about it. That's how this works. So we need your help to do that. We need you to tell your friends and family to do the exact same thing. Leave us a five star on anywhere our podcast is listed. Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Also, keep an eye out for the WordPress, the the blog specially curated by your Vanilla Bear himself. Opinions can be wrong. This is the Forest Film Club over there is... Uh, the Vanilla Bear. If you don't know, you should know. This is your Chocolate Bear, Mundo. Uh, we're talking Barry Lyndon this week, which came out December 18th in 1975 when your WWE World Heavyweight Champion uh, was Bruno Sammartino and your NWA World Heavyweight Champion uh, was Terry Funk. And Terry Funk actually won that title on December 10th of that year. So brand new champion. Nice. Uh. And of course, before we go on with the greater film discussion, we got to go see what some people are talking about this movie. The people that we're specifically talking about are top critics on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, this is the kind of movie that top critics want to have their voices heard, right? Well, uh, you know, artistic movie. 
a good a good part a good time as any to to bring this up uh this movie was like like almost universally panned whenever it came out in 1975 really yeah this was huh. a considered a commercial uh failure and it was not seen as any sort of triumphant uh, accomplishment in filmmaking. I mean, even I think triumphant might be too big a word, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sca- I don't know. See, like Stanley Kubrick with historical movies is triumphant, right? Yeah. We're talking about fucking like the effort he puts here, in, dude. We're talking about yeah. like some of the most iconic historical movies that ever existed. Like, this is a man that cares about historical accuracy and shit, right? Yep. Uh, so it is. It, it it has had a a much bigger uh, positive reevaluation. Um, ever since the the turn of the century, which a lot that's a lot of Kubrick movies, right? The yeah. Shining, for instance, was not very well received whenever it came out all, all the way back then. Yeah, but we're still watching it today. <laughs> and Barry Lyndon, right? Yep. And the thing with Barry Lyndon reviews on Rotten Tomatoes is that there's only one Rotten review by a top critic. Okay. Yes. Uh, but there are a couple more that I think have interesting points that I want to get your opinion on. Okay. Yeah. So the only top critic review comes from the New Yorker, uh, Pauline Kale. Yeah. And she posted this review on October 24th of this year. It's almost like she knew we were going to review it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> what a weird time to just pick that movie up to write a review. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And Pauline Kale says, Barry Lyndon indicates that Kubrick is thinking through his camera. And that's not really how good movies are made. I Am I supposed to understand? I mean, I think I get what she's saying, but I think that's his magic. Barry Lyndon (laughs) indicates that Kubrick is thinking through his camera, and that's not really how good movies are made. I can't think of a sentence that I almost (laughs) disagree more with. Isn't that a director? Isn't that what they do? (laughs) Did she just look up the definition of film director? (laughs) That's a weird way to say that. Yeah. Well, Kale did. If she had yep. said there was a lot of pretentious moments and blah blah blah, I'd have been like, well, yeah, if you don't like that, then it's not your it's not your style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so so one of the reviews that I wanted to to get from you comes from October 21st, 2019, uh by Bernard Drew, who says there are gorgeous homes and landscapes, duels, wars, balls. <laughs> I thought I could get through that. 
Duels, Wars, Balls. Kubrick is wonderful on big scenes and small details. But the big detail of people and why they do what they do has become lost in the shuffle. Uh, that I actually agree with that on, um, on his wife at the end of the movie. I feel like this is one of the most apt reviews that we've read. Yeah, that that's like my entire belief of uh, Lady Linden. Yeah, I don't understand why what she's doing ever. Like she's never strong, she's never weak, she's never <laughs> neutral. She just does whatever she feels like at the moment, and it's really odd. <laughs> but yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I actually like that one. Yeah, I, I thought that that was like really, I was like, I, I I totally get this, you know? Same thing with the boy. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, David Nusser, who wrote this on uh, April 30th, 2018, uh, says... A maddening hit-and-miss drama that's all too often far more miss than it is hit. I don't, I don't know about that. I actually think it's decently paced as far yeah. as where, where it takes you on the journey. Do you think that, that narratively, like, where it does take you... Uh, like sticks the landing. Do you think that it could have that any of these outcomes that come about, like either a don't make sense or b could have could have been done a little bit more different, or do you think that it all fits in pretty well? Yes, there is one in particular, one character in particular that was maddening to me. Um, <laughs> when they first get together. And they start to get married and they're doing all their stuff, right? The tutor slash priest gentleman, forget his name at the moment in the movie. Um, oh, the Slender Man? Yeah, Slender Man. <laughs> uh, so he clearly does not like him. Yeah. But at, except for a really weird way to get back at him with the one with the, his natural son. Of like not stopping him at one point. Yeah. Which is not really confirmed. Like there's no solid evidence that he let it happen on purpose. It's just something the movie wants you to consider. It wants, it, it wants you to question if right. he let him go. The problem is you never get payoff for that. It never comes back. He never says anything. He never stands up for Lady Linden. Yeah. Well, I kind of, it almost, it, I feel like it kind of does with his mom. His mom brings that up. That's like one of the top reasons why his mom's like, you got to get out of here, boy. Like he, he went missing on your watch. Right. Well, I wanted him to have gotcha. the guts to say something. That's my concern. Like he's been sitting around all these years and he doesn't have enough pent up anger to do something yeah. about it. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he does leave without saying a word. I'm, I was yeah. like, stand up for yourself. <laughs> well, so like, here's my thing. In that world, he's not doing it in a bombastic way. He's probably yeah. overheard by someone oh, who yeah. couldn't hear him. 
right? And then that gets back to Barry. And I think that leads into an, a different ending that I think would have been interesting. Interesting. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. These are actually some good, like, considerate negative reviews. Really? The first time that we've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can actually, like, picture what they're talking about. Yeah. And that we can actually, like, have a longer discussion about them rather than being, like, do they bad. just describe <laughs> what a movie director does? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he just showed up with this camera today. Yeah. He's just winging it. No thoughts at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the Kubrick we know. And that's the Kubrick I know. But not, not yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Koobs. The yeah, Koobs. That's a good one. Damn Koobs. <laughs> what can you do? Right? Yep. Uh, but <laughs> when we get this movie going, right? Yeah. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um, you pretty much are swept up in an odd relationship he's having with his cousin. You're not sure who she is at first, right? <laughs> Dude. Dude, the moment that it's revealed that she's his yeah. cousin, I've rewound the movie yeah. just to make sure that I didn't mishear that. I did watch it twice as well, actually. I was like, this is crazy. What kind of movie? Dude, because I guess at oh the time it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, okay, first of all, everybody has to understand that this movie takes place during uh, 19, the 1750s. Um, yeah. It will overlap with what's known as the seven years war. And I, I mean, I know Patrick is a really big history buff. Uh, so if he would like to give a brief description of the seven years war, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the seven years war um, was essentially is often considered like the proto world war. This is yeah. the first war kind of in history that takes place over a globe of issues right we're talking about yeah. north america caribbea europe fucking india asia like it's everywhere this this war is and it's mainly to determine if the british or the french are going to be the supreme empirical power in the world and I'm sure its outcome is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> All bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Um, we in the United States often, uh, or at least whenever I was a kid, uh, hear about the French and Indian War a lot because we're kind of in that north uh, eastern area where, where that was going down, the French and Indian War. Yeah. Uh, the French and Indian War is is inside is one of the conflicts inside the Seven Years War, right? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's what All I right. kind of mean whenever I say it was kind of like the First World War, really. Yeah. If you uh, think scope, amount of combatants, amount of countries in it, and so this takes place in the in the seventeen fifties. And so it, at first, it is a lot of like culture clashing. At first, it is a lot of getting used to being in a time period so far away from yeah. where we're currently at. I mean, when this came out, 
it was 200 years ago. You now, you know, now it's literally 250 years ago. And think about it too, like from the standpoint of the way they make these modern things, right? Yeah. They're always things like, um, oh, what's that dumb show on Netflix? Oh, the romance royal book, the royal oh, sure. romance book, yeah. uh, like that kind of stuff. And it's always really progressive and like none of that old style stuff is in there, but all that new modern gay couples, lesbians, you know, all that stuff. Like that's a factor, right? Yeah. This is the exact opposite. This is so this is the way we do it. Yeah. 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 Right. That show <laughs> is, is like what you want. <laughs> you know this era england to be this movie yeah. is what it was yep um uh, and my note my specific note at that time was that's a dirty ribbon cuz yo <laughs> this that's is all you dirty had to do back then dude is play cards and feel your cousin's tits <laughs> well so that's the thing right i think the interesting part of that scene was that she was the aggressor listen she was like, dude, don't be a wimp. I got my cans dude, right in front of your face. Says, you know where the ribbon is. He says, I can't find it. And it's like, dude, you didn't even try. She, she says, is... you can find this ribbon in any way you want. <laughs> yeah, dude, use your mouth. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't you matter. Know, pull that top down with your chin, bro. Like, he's letting you. Yeah. Right? Like, dude, this girl is so horny. Yeah. This girl is yeah. so horny. And so a lot of this movie is Barry's come up. And I think this is an interesting time to 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 bring this up. So I think I think that the biggest thing early on with Barry is that he does not want to be in the position that he is. And the only way to get out of the position that he's in is to become a gentleman. So I feel like what he, a lot of what he does is his perception of how a gentleman would act and what a gentleman would do. Yeah. And so early on right here, he does not think a gentleman would be rooting in their cousin's cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure like it's something they'd be allowed to do, but there's probably a more formal way that they handled that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, don't I didn't live that. Like, really I wish that there was... <laughs> At least a mention that they're second cousins or something, something. But then, but then we get the political intrigue, right? I love this whole fucking part of this movie. I love this so ridiculous part of this movie so much. It was so absurd. Yeah. Um, so we learn that really the secret was that she was courting a much richer gentleman. Yeah. to avoid debts for her brothers and her family yeah they they're in bad debts uh and, and dude dude this dude is all fucking dripped out right like Mom oh Roy, yeah uh what, what was his name oh god this guy fuck his face was the funniest face i've ever seen in my life he was so hilarious do you remember his dumb face how he would just like be looking around with the dumbest grin john yeah. quinn, captain quinn yes i have it written down funniest dude <laughs> on the planet i don't oh, care he was what great. anyone says there's a moment where like they're doing their dancing and he starts like 
hopping around and puffing out his chest, and he looks like a rooster trying to court a hen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also just enjoyed that he's a no BS person, right? Yeah. Just because this girl is pretty, he's not falling oh, over his dude, feet. Dude, he's the exact opposite of Barry Lyndon right now, right? Like, yeah. He's being the gentleman. Exactly. He is yeah. the gentleman. He is not swayed by a pretty face and big tits. Yeah. Right? <laughs> dude, I, you should have saw my face when Barry interrupts them and they start having a conversation. And yeah, then... they're like, I thought that I, I thought this was their wedding for some reason at this point. Oh, but instead they're just like talking, right? Yeah. They're just having a conversation. Barry comes over and like pulls her away and is like, I guess you'll want your ribbon bag that I, he looks directly (laughs) at Quinn and he's like, that I directly (laughs) took out of her nipples. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. And Quinn (laughs) is not. I repeat, is not going to allow his woman to give another man any part of her fucking clothing. Nope. This is like the Dobby situation. You just can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it. Can't backstab him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They literally run off after Quinn and are like begging him to not call off the wedding. Um, he does it because even though he is not swayed by pretty face and big tits, he can be swayed by pretty face and big tits. Yeah. yeah. And so they announce well, the dinner it, is interesting. Yeah. They announce it at an engagement party uh, n- not too long after that. I mean, this this scene had my jaw on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, <laughs> I mean, he gets told that they're getting married, and what does Barry do? Well, his name's Redmond Barry, right? That's his name. Yeah. So what yeah. does Redmond do? He grabs his wine glass and, like, throws it right into Quinn's face. And I don't mean that he throws, like, the wine inside the glass on Quinn. No, oh, the whole thing. He throws the whole damn wine glass at this boy. <laughs> what a crazy idea. What a thought. Dude, Barry <laughs> is insane. <laughs> well, and it, it it was a good representation for kind of what we should expect going forward because most of the most of the decisions he makes he tries to make it seem like it's for everybody else, but it's always for him. Yeah. Right? He's always like, "Well, it's my family." No, it's not, dude. We're not, you're just, you're yeah. just mad gel. Right. And like that one is like, oh, it's for my cousin because she's really in love with me and not with you. And that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to he thinks with, it's helping. Yeah. To damn with your money. <laughs> right. And yeah. to be fair, his cousin was like a little wishy-washy. She was kind of, at least yeah. at one point like, oh, I would never marry for money. <laughs> right. And then the next day they're engaged. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's not it's said 1750 or whatever. Yeah, 1750. <laughs> Hard to marry into money at that time. Yeah. You know? Especially uh, at that time. Yeah. That uh, particular time. So <laughs> Barry and this John Quinn decide to have a formal duel, at which point Hamilton comes out. Yeah. <laughs> to let us know the rules of dueling. 
<laughs> now we you can't don't say that this came first this did come this set first. the precedence for the no, duel. Okay, so that's the question: Is do you think Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda or whatever his name is? I think I got it right. Manuel Lynn Miranda. 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 Aranda. Aranda is my niece's name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that Homie watched this movie and was super confused about the rules of dueling? And so he was like, okay, I got to put the rules in on Hamilton or else nobody will know what's going on. <laughs> well, they changed the rules at, at so, one point. Go on. Go on. That made me a little confused. Go on. Right? So the first two duels are straight up one, two, three, whatever. The count ends, you shoot. Yeah. Great. Both at the same time. For some reason at the end, and maybe it's because he's a lord now, and lords have different rules for how to do a duel. Yeah. Uh, but they they set it up with, you know, conditions. So if you're the one that called for it, you shoot first, or you get to pick the coin to see who shoots first. I forget. No, that was yeah. to pick the gun. That's that was exactly to pick the gun, yeah. So, so I think that's exactly like, what's going on. It's I weird. Think- that the that during the second duel they are like really trying to stack the deck against Barry. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that also leads credence to perhaps they only one do that to, to stack the, the deck against Barry. But yeah, you are correct. I, I really do believe that. What we see, the first duel is how Barry's father gets killed. Yeah, and we yeah, we do learn that as well. Right. Um, yeah. As far as we know, that's just a peasant's duel, right? Yeah, that's Philip Hamilton. Yeah, that's Philip yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, being the dum-dum. Yeah. And the second duel is even more Philip Hamilton. Yeah. Right? Uh, but we find out that it's a ploy, that it's a trick. Yeah. To get him away. So this really makes sense for them to not have the full set of rules for a duel until later on that we that we find out the real rules for a duel because these are gentlemen now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Classic. Something that I was going to bring up later on that we don't need to talk about now. (laughs) Yep. The boom, they have their little thing. Um, Hamilton comes out, starts, yo, I'm Barry Lyndon and I got this gat, right? (laughs) Yeah, just like that. Yeah. (laughs) In his quiet tone. (laughs) (laughs) He he does this weird soft speak in this movie sometimes that I'm just like, dude, use your voice. Okay. Okay. So, did you get, how did you watch yours? What do you mean? How, your version, your copy of Barry Lyndon. How did you watch it? Was that like where did you watch it on like Amazon Prime? Or yeah, like, Amazon Prime. Okay. Did yours have subtitles? Yes. I bought mine like through my cable provider, and it and the subtitles would not come on. Yeah, that that one's a good one to have them too. You're fucking telling me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I like really had to. But the only good part about it is that there's no score in this movie, so I could crank up the volume without yeah, that's having, true. Without having to worry about you know bad sound mixing. Yeah. 
Uh, honestly, first of all, John Quinn in this movie has some of the greatest facial expressions ever committed to film. Yeah, his face is so funny and so good and so angry all the time. Uh, Two, dueling should be legal, right? That that's I don't know about that. That's a little dueling should be legal. Yeah, because it isn't to the death, dude. It's to the blood. It's whoever bleeds. But you have to use old school pistols like that, right? So they're inaccurate, right? Yeah, that's what I'm (laughs) saying, dude. It has to. Any gun made after the 1800s is not yeah. eligible for it's like you aim for the heart, but you hit their big toe. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, I win. <laughs> yeah, there is a law like that in Texas. I think that if like if if there's enough witnesses that that like can uh, that can attest that these two men agreed to fight, then there can be no legal charges for anything done in that fight. That's a great rule. It makes sense. That's a, that is that is it sounds crazy, but that rule works. If you're yes. in a bar and everybody's if, you both be like, "Oh, you want to fight?" All right, okay, then we're gonna fight, and nobody's yeah. gonna call the cops because they agreed yeah. to fight. But actually, I <laughs> yeah. do think that that is also part of the law is that you do have to call the police, and there does have to be a policeman there just so that way it doesn't go too far. Oh, so it's like an arranged. That's crazy. I still Texas think that that should be allowed. I still think it's a yeah. good. This is a good rule. Yeah. Uh, really sad that we don't see more of of the of John Quinn. Really upset at that. Really like that guy. Well, yeah, because especially because he sticks around a bit in the narrative. Yeah, exactly. And you don't really see him again. Yeah, exactly. So Barry goes <laughs> off, and he's convinced that since he just killed John Quinn, that he needs to leave for. Uh, wherever uh, and so he comes on his horse and he leaves and he meets the most suspicious dude in the world at like a tavern <laughs> or whatever you but, want a drink no you want some food no <laughs> hey <laughs> guess he doesn't want a food yeah. right the moment like, dude, the guy wants you <laughs> there's a, you know this is just good uh, you know camera work Unless if you're that one chick from Rotten Tomatoes, this is just good camera work because whenever he leaves the the old guy, his name's Feeney, I believe. Uh, he's like, "Good luck to you, sir," and like the camera yeah. just barely stays on him long enough that he gives a very slight but sinister smile. Yeah. And that's just great visual language. That's like, oh, we're going to see this dude again sooner than later. And it is soon. (laughs) And it's the very next scene. Yeah, Yeah, they don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he robs the dude. He takes his horse, takes his gold, doesn't take his shoes. No, it was a sign of respect. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious that he that he was like, "No, I'm not. I'm a good guy. I killed a Brit. <laughs> he killed a British man. I'm a good guy." <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, it lines up. <laughs> and Feeny, Feeny, the crazy <laughs> bastard, says, uh, "says Oh, the amount of times I've heard that recently." <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, the hey. amount of time somebody told you they killed a British dude. 
Did they? But he lets him go they... on his shoes. Once again, yeah. never sees this guy again, even though I really want to. I love this dude. I know he should have popped up again somewhere. Yeah. Because he's also a swindler, right? He's yeah. like Barry Lyndon if Barry Lyndon didn't take the gentleman's way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we he gets to he gets to his, his location, but now he's uh, in Dublin. Sorry, in Dublin. Uh, he but he's destitute, he's broke, he's hungry, and he sees no way out of it. He's got to join the military. He's got to hop in the army, uh, fight in in the Seven Years' War. Uh, and quickly finds himself at odds. Uh, this dude cannot make friends, right? <laughs> no, he is he is incapable of connecting. He has all this charm with the ladies, but cannot yeah. make a male friendship. For worth his life, dude. At all. No. Need a girl to to drop that thong? This is your boy, right? Just look at her and she does it. Need a girl to go bobbing for apples? Send in Barry, right? Well, so so here's the thing. This scene, after like he goes through a little bit of training, right? You see him sitting at camp and he's like one guy starts messing with him. Well, he yeah, he asks right. for like a clean cup of water because he says this is all filled with oil which i feel like is a very reasonable <laughs> ask it was yeah it's covered in grease yeah. um and this big dude and they all start making fun of him for basically being you know a wimp yeah for lack of for other words at the to moment eat unsanitary <laughs> yeah but it's, he, I, I do truly think he would have probably been a little cooler about it. But that dude next to him saved oh. the effing day. He yeah. was like, tell him this. Say yeah. this. Now say that. that was it about his wife? Awful. <laughs> Wasn't it about his wife not sleeping with him or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. This dude's just egging him on. Yeah. And I'm I'm afraid like he can't see that he's telling him what to say. It makes me think that that big dude had been picking on that little dude for a long time. And yeah. the little dude has just been waiting for somebody to be dumb enough to want to fight the big guy, right? Yep. Oh yeah, I think he may be my favorite character in the whole movie. Just like a random, I'm gonna f some shit up in this scene. <laughs> just, yeah, he's like Loki, right? Like he's yeah. just an agent of chaos. Pops in, stirs the pot a bit, pops back out. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. Dude, this is this is the shit. He loves it. And this is but where it we works find out, out once again. Barry is so good at violence. Yeah. He's so good at violence. He's so good at it. He does the same punch combo every time. You got to love fisticuffs, dude. Old timey fisticuffs, (laughs) no matter what, no matter the movie, the scene, the dramatic tension, old timey fisticuffs, always funny. Yeah, that's great. Always funny. The way that people thought that a proper fighting stance is like holding both of your fists in a straight line under your own chin is kind of a genius. Right? You know, and the, the, you know, the one officer, 
he comes in, he's like, hey, if you guys are going to fight, we got to make a square. And dude, they arrange it in like two seconds, <laughs> right? Well, so that's, I like that aspect of why like it played out the way it did because, <clears throat> you know, like even back World War One, World War Two, right? My grandfather did boxing when he was in the Navy. Like oh, that, yeah. that was a normal thing. It just wasn't that. Dude, right? it's, it's 1750s. What the fuck else yeah. are you going to do besides fight? This is why boys and men still get their crap out by fighting. Yeah. Because it works. Because clearly it works. It works. <laughs> Listen, every hundreds of years, every person out there knows of at least one of their friends. Maybe you're that person. Who knows? But at least one person that they know, they're one of their fucking absolute closest friends is somebody that they had a fucking fist fight with. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, how you deal with it. Might even be how they met is yeah. getting into a fight. Yeah, that's true. You know, like this is what <laughs> boys do. This is what men do. It's something that girls cannot comprehend. Patrick, we had a fucking fight club. Yeah, we did that. We fought. And we were never mad at each other. It just let us get our nonsense out. Yeah, you just got to fight sometimes, you know, especially yeah. if you're Barry's age. You know, Barry is at that. Oh, yeah. Is at well, that. And he's also angry that he's stuck in this low level position. Yeah, he's angry at so many things. Let's list yeah. off the things that he should be pissed off at right now. Yeah, oh, my God, you're right. We should do that. Captain Quinn, for sure. All right. So, Quinn, top of the yeah. list. Well, Quinn. and his and his even cousin. though even though he doesn't know Quinn's alive, no, no, but just the whole be... Quinn situation fucked up. Yeah, dad, dead. Oh right? yeah, totally <laughs> mad. <that>. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Has has family members, cousins, and uncles constantly telling him what to do, pissed at that. Right. Yep. Well, his cousin uh, is like number one. Yeah, his own cousin doesn't want him. Matt, even though she yeah. probably lost her virginity to him. And by right? the way, all of this is only about 40 minutes into the movie because <laughs> I paused it and I was like, so much has happened in this movie. What is going on? <laughs> and it was 40 minutes in. <laughs> all of this is 40 minutes. <laughs> robbed. <laughs> he was awesome. robbed also. <laughs> yeah. Like all of this happens in 40 minutes. And like this dude's life sucks dude this dude's <laughs> life you know real real rough week he's had yeah real rough yeah real, real rough yeah, week is what bottom, it was bottom five <laughs> weeks for this dude but our boy barry he finds a way he is once again in the right place at the right time yeah after his fight he always seems to be doesn't he Oh, oh, yeah. it seems to be. Uh, and he overhears two lovers who are trying to hide their relationship, I assume, from the military. Yeah. Well, well, before that, before just briefly before that, uh, his old, I, I don't know, uncle or something. Right. Stops by. And this yeah. is where we find out the fight. that. Everything Barry knows is a lie. <laughs> Everything, all of it. Yeah, I'm so sorry I skipped that. Because first, dude, <laughs> I couldn't believe this. Well, so, okay. So he shows up initially and <laughs> he's like, Barry, it's good to see you. Your whole life's a lie. 
If you need some money, I got money for you. Like yeah, that's, I got that's money for you. I, I, we're in the military together. I'll make that easier. <laughs> and Barry's like, Barry's like, oh, how's my cousins? How are the girls? And he's like, well, you know, there's only what what Barry. There's only uh three Barry girls left instead of four. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh yeah, uh, your your cousin, your pervy cousin, <laughs> your pervy cousin got married. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 John Quinn and Barry's like, you mean there's another John Quinn? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, that's right. He asks. <laughs> the guy's like, no, it's so great. <laughs> Your gun was a fake. <laughs> yeah, I forget what he oh. calls it, like a doe or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, a cork. It was like it was like a, I think they said it was a cork or something. But okay, like, if, if if essentially it was a blank that they put it in yeah. instead of a bullet, <laughs> that John Quinn yeah. just like fell pretending to be dead. Yeah. So oh he... my god, dude! I was fucking dying right here. I thought this was the funniest thing, especially whenever he's like, whenever he asked if it, there was a second to John Quinn. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask you about the actual fight. Okay. Because yeah. I don't understand what was going on. Okay, go. go. <laughs> Why are they not fighting back? <laughs> I don't understand. They're just walking at these people shooting them. Uh, so, so this, if you were to believe it, was in fact how war was handled back then. You would have your regiment, what? and you would have the other side, and uh, your side was the advancing side. So you were trying to come into territory that was claimed by the other side, right? So the other side would hold position and aim and fire at you. But the guns back then, as we know, were not very accurate. Sure. So most of the time they would miss. And the hope is that your side that was shooting could reload and take out the oncoming side before that side got too close. And once they got too close, it would just become an all out brawl. Sure. That's, that's a that really Patrick dumb idea. Is how war was waged for like 300 years. <laughs> Ridiculous. Nobody determined <laughs> that there was a better way of killing people. We could, you know, just attack. <laughs> but this was a but but this is like this whole idea of a gentleman's war. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is how gentlemen conducted battle was was this like respectful you hold your ground, I'm coming to take your ground. Right? This is what yeah. made the American Revolution kind of crazy whatever our people would use like hit run guerrilla tactics gotcha of like pop it out of a place pop 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 and then running away real quick you know that was really yeah. kind of fucked up to the to the uh british soldiers at the time being like these americans they're not really conducting war the way they should be <laughs> you're like well yeah but they're winning yeah but so, the, like... but it's a war <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're winning the war. 
Yeah, and they won. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. Look at this dude. Everybody's dying. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? The way that that the, the way that, that works out. Yep. But he abandons that. Picks yeah. up his so uncle so now or... his his uh uncle or whatever dies. And yeah. this is what this was one of the most interesting scenes in the whole movie, wasn't it? It was cool. I loved this. Because what we were talking about earlier is like, you know, you have these like television and movie version of history, especially this time period. And it's always like, oh, yeah, there were gay people and they were just as gay as what you think they are. Right. Yeah. But yep. in this, it's like two men having a really intimate moment and then being like, you know, I love you with all my heart, but we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Because we live in a fucking horrible society that won't allow us to be together. And the other man is saying, like, we can live through that. We can fake it. We can fake not being together just because being away from you is a fate worse than death to me. And I just loved this so much. And while they're doing that, Barry steals all of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to say with the uncle, and I think he served another purpose for me that was important. Yeah. Is he was kind of the character that taught you about the economics of the world. Oh, go on. Uh, so, <laughs> one, he had a bunch of money at first, right? Uh, $300, in fact. Yeah. And the next time you hear from him about money, He's only got a hundred dollars because he lost it from playing cards the night before. What Two hundred dollars are they gone. playing in this? <laughs> um, I don't know. I... Oh, what's it called? Um, I've played it before. It's like when you can get two cards or three cards. Okay, five card stud. All right, maybe that's what it's called. Uh, but yeah, I, but I've played that before. Uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> But then when he's done with that conversation, right, he does what we were just talking about. He finds a way out. Uh, and throughout the movie, you start to see the valuation of individual items increase. Yes. And become more and more and more. And like as it becomes a fancier thing, you're seeing that difference of him getting that $100 to survive on for a bit versus the overindulgence of fifteen thousand five hundred dollars in betting in one night right uh there's he he's he as he moves classes it's very evident where he's heading as far as ruin and uh it's pretty neat actually well yeah it's super neat because it, it kind of shows you early on that he doesn't have these means to survive so later on whenever he does have these means he has no idea what to do with them so he just starts yeah. buying all the dumbest shit you could imagine yep right um but he gets that letter right he gets the letter that allows him to pass yeah because he steals this person's uh, you know those two men that are sucking each other off in the in the yeah. river. Um, he takes one of their horses and one of their uniforms, and this is one of the wildest things about living at this time frame is that there's like no verification process. No, there's no ID. 
So when he's yeah. like, I need to see your papers. Are these real? You don't have like, there's no photo of you. There's no thumbprint. There's no information whatsoever other than this piece of paper that you happen to have on you. Uh, yeah. And he Dude, I just this, had a moment uh, like that when I was playing Baldur's Gate. Right. I was like, I don't know how to get through this gate. And then I went and did a random mission. And they're like, oh, I'm going to need you to go look over here. Here's a, a city pass. So I get up there and they're like, are you, are you who you say you are? And you have to pass a check or whatever to get by. Yeah. And I'm like, what a ridiculous concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> oh, we meet uh, Captain Potsdorf, the coolest German ever. Uh, because at this at this time the 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 uh, the Prussians uh, were allies with the Britons during the Seven Years' War, so so they could freely travel in between their own territories. Yeah. Right? Uh, but first, before he meets this dude, he you know bangs it up with another German. This you know straight milf of a of a Freulein. Uh, at this nameless village, I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> unlimited riz. I told you, it's a thing. He just has limited. to look at a girl, and her panties were on the ground. It was <laughs> unlimited <over. laughs> riz. This dude <laughs> rolls up into your village, and everyone and all the ladies in the areas are pregnant, right? Oh, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, so he meets <laughs> up with this Prussian <laughs> captain, and I don't know about you, but about three seconds after meeting him i was thinking this german captain does not believe a single word coming out of his mouth no he's <laughs> smarter than that yeah yeah and barry is this is why i this is why i said earlier about this being like such a funny movie but it's interesting that Ryan O'Neill doesn't play Barry as a as a funny character, right? Because yeah. this is the kind of scene that you could really ham up in a bad way if you're playing Barry Lyndon as a comedic performance. But oh, absolutely, as a completely straight character, a completely serious, no no shucking and jiving character. It. Makes the scene so funny again. Yeah, yeah, it does work. I you enjoyed know? it. <laughs> yeah. So and he he says that he's going in a direction that is in the opposite way that they're going. <laughs> he yeah, says, he's like, yeah, that's not the right direction, bro. He's like, oh yeah, my map maker <laughs> must have really fucked up then, huh? <laughs> So the Prussian, you know, offers him dinner. They go somewhere. And the, this was a very funny narration where the narrator was like, yeah, Barry uh, told him that his uncle was an ambassador in London <laughs> for some reason. This makes up everything. Yeah, this is me. Barry Lyndon yeah. is like me, right? Whenever yeah. I'm caught somewhere that i don't know what to do i just start lying to people yeah it so hope that i don't get caught in my own lies and that nobody nobody around is able to be like hey what you said is different than what you said back there you know and if you're a oh, quick enough li liar like i am you can get away with a lot <laughs> 
but Barry Lyndon is not. He is a complete moron who never one time thought, hey, what would I tell somebody if they stopped me? (laughs) Nope. Not in that entire ride in that beautiful yeah. countryside. Did he Never consider the options? one time considered that he that somebody could ask him any questions. His little German hookup could have had an idea. Right. Right. So instead, whenever this guy, this this German, this Prussian captain asks him where he's going, Barry says that he's going to deliver commands to a general who's been dead for 10 months. <laughs> Bad intel. Horrible. <laughs> Bad intel. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Uh, he gets arrested. I love this part of the movie where they're like, you know, the Prussians are one of the most wildly impressive militaries in the world. You know, they're completely badass and fucking awesome. Uh, but they're mostly foreigners that, that get caught <laughs> doing bad shit in their country. And they just don't look too deep into it. Yeah. And nobody, <laughs> cares. And nobody cares. Nope. <laughs> right. Oh, so Barry is now in the employ of the Prussian military and swiftly gets Stockholm syndrome real quick, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he is in his little fucking thing, uh, they do a big attack where like a where like a cannon destroys this shelter that the captain that the president captain Potsdorf is in. Uh and Barry Linden like runs into like he's in the house and he like lifts a big old burning log and and puts <laughs> the captain over his shoulder and you know carries him out the stairs to safety and the house is on fire and patrick the house is on fucking fire okay okay people there's dust <laughs> and there's soot and, and it's a set and, and it's fire. There's real fucking fire. It's crazy, dude. And they are fucking running through. <laughs> and, it, and this is what I mean by like it. It it is not a big action scene. It is not a big heart pounding action scene, right? No. But it's real. Yeah, you know Absolutely. that if that if Ryan O'Neill put out his hand, he would get fucking. Burned. Yeah, and it's crazy. That is film. That's movie making. That's why he was thinking too hard. That's why you feel shit, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. It goes by in the blink of an eye, but because all of these separate small details are real and 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 and, and, and could actually fuck up at any moment. <laughs> well, I mean, as a as a viewer, right? You're look, you're watching that scene going. Oh, he's about to get a big promotion. Oh, yeah. You know that's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does, yeah. you know, accurately. Accurately yeah. uh, uh, predicted, gets a big promotion, and really, uh, <laughs> once again, I can't say it enough, love this part of the movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're like, hey, uh, you're Irish, but you speak German pretty good. We got a guy that we think is a spy, and we want you to spy on him or us. (laughs) (laughs) 
and they pretty much dangle a lifelong career with a lot of money in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. It works out well. Really interesting. I was like, huh. Um, really interesting to to give the guy that you busted for identity theft. <laughs> really ballsy to have him be the spy in your situation, isn't it? Like, it's just called failing upwards. <laughs> this is what I can't tell you. Want, that should have been the like subtitle of this movie is like, how yeah. to upwards. Yeah, it all works. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but now he's in this weird little relationship where he's taking care of, oh God, who's, what's this dude's name? Some dude this uh uh the chevalier Chevalier. oh god oh my memory is not remembering that character yeah yeah yeah. but he's like he's hilarious he has an eye patch and you know white face paint on oh yeah you know yeah he Tells Barry Lyndon tells him what's up immediately. <laughs> you know, he's like, Hey, I'm a spy. They want me to spy yes, on you. Yes. I feel bad about it. Not really, because I feel like you can help me even more. <laughs> well, if if nothing, Barry's an optimist. Yeah. And an opportunist for sure. Yeah. Oh. Maybe the biggest opportunist I've ever seen in a movie, to be honest. Like this guy, yeah. th- this guy is. He able- will burn any bridge to get further. Yeah, this guy is able to to point out exactly where to move himself, so that way he can move swiftly into checkmate the next move. Yep. I love that. I love it because you know there's a big conversation about like how a lot of movies nowadays don't have active characters in their movies. They have characters that react to things, but like True. Barry Lyndon is like the most active character I've ever seen. Yeah. His, his dialogue actively moves the plot. Yeah. He's just like, well, I could spy on him, but I feel like he's a good connection. So I'm going to switch this up a little. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And he totally susses him out. Uh, he's like, you're a con man. I'm a con man. We're con men. <laughs> Yeah, and they jump right into it, honestly. Yeah. They agree on what up. he tells his general. They, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and they and make they some all, money on the side. Yeah, they also <laughs> set up like this cool ass like umpire thing where yeah. on what Barry's doing, like tells the Chevalier what the what kind of cards the other guy has. Yeah, like double taps or something at one point on the on the side of the table, like with his drink or something. I forget. There's yeah, like if he offers that. wine or if he wipes under the tape under the glass. Yeah, there's yeah. like a series of like four or five things <laughs> that that he does, which I thought was incredible. I love details like that. I love shit like that. And they show that sleight of hand grow as the movie goes too. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, they do. So he's like actually learning. <laughs> Which is uh, cool. And, and, you know, they do this for a while until uh, a, a prince is visiting and susses it out immediately. 
And then is like, oh, yeah. I'm a prince. I don't have to pay you dick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amount of I the amount of money that I, a prince, need to pay you is dick. <laughs> yeah. This is just a fun time for me. <laughs> yeah. And if I want money, I would have demanded payment right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because he's a prince and he's allowed to. Yeah. But this gets him into you know, pretty tough shit with, with the Prussians. And eventually they're like, you know, we can't really trust it. We don't really know too much about him. The way that it's just going to go, we're just going to have to get rid of the Chevalier. We're going to have to expel him from, from Prussia, you know, send him back. From yep. what's the game. Uh, which the Chevalier is completely fine with. yeah okay and in fact convinces barry to dress up as him dude it's so good (laughs) somehow this dude snuck out days before yeah (laughs) what dude i was like dude these guys think all irish people look the same (laughs) yeah They couldn't tell that these are two different men. They're, they're like 30 years apart. I questioned my eyes as I was watching. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that? No, it can't be. <laughs> it took me a second, but I got there. Yeah. Brilliant plan. Once again, Barry yeah. spectacularly fails in a way that puts him on top. Yep. He figured it out. Yep. <laughs> And now they're just like two cool ass people, right? Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, the two of them together can't be stopped. No, they're just like the (laughs) coolest dudes ever. Um, They're just going around fucking. They're like the Doc Holidays of Europe right now. They're pretty great. I I really enjoyed their scenes together and all the stuff that they were able to do. Yeah, it really oh. makes me lament that this Chevalier isn't in the second half of the movie. I feel like yeah. he would have been a great father figure that could potentially be telling Barry, hey, you're taking this too far. Yeah, and I mean, it could be that. And it also could be that he's the one that influences him. And maybe now that you mention it, maybe that's the person that uh, like the tu- the in-house tutor gets in a right. fight with. Oh, you know, he at least does yeah. something about it, right? That's a good, um, yeah, that's that's something I think would improve this movie. Uh, so, like, yeah, I mean, it just feels like they they drop characters at times when they just need a little bit more. Yeah. You almost had it. <clears throat> right. Because I think, I think seeing him in Barry's rich phase would make him a much different person. Yeah, well, he'd be more conniving, right? Well, well, that's the thing. Like, what if he comes to Barry during his rich phase, but he's broke now, and Barry's like refusing to give him any money or like do the Mm -hmm. scams anymore or something, right? Like, so much options, so many options. He could have at least, like, even just like one or two scenes could have really, really improved the second half of this movie with him in it. This is a welcome force in this. Yeah. Um, and at one point, Barry is beating people at duels with swords this time. Who taught <laughs> yeah. Barry how to duel with a sword? Well, he was in the military. He already wins. He's already a fucking, he already does it with guns. 
and fists. Now and he's got fists. swords. You can't stop him. You can't. He's, he's so good at violence. <laughs> okay? Yep. He's so good at violence. He is. He's fast. Quick like a bunny. And finally, while pulling off these scams, he sees the hottest piece of ass that 1750s Europe could possibly put in front of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because not only is she a smoke show, but she's also filthy fucking rich. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking- and, it, and it's cool because it puts him in that same conundrum, right? Yeah. That he dealt with when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like that they flipped it on its head. Yeah, and now they didn't just give him a rich wife, they made him work for it and a widower, right? Like, yeah, this is almost you know, you're right, this is like a mirroring of what happened at the beginning of the movie, but now he's stepping into the old man's position rather than the old man stepping into his position. Yep, you know, um, hilarious that. Uh, Lord Linden, uh, before he dies, he like realizes that Barry and his wife are getting close. And he's like, do not take me as a fool, sir. I'd rather be known as a cuckold than somebody who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> he's like, I'm cool with people <laughs> knowing that my wife fucks other men. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, that like all that happens, right? Yeah, uh, I really expected more with Lady Linden. That was my my critique of that second half. So so what's interesting, I think, with with this is that, you know, I do agree with you that we should have gotten more of Lady Linden. But to me, this movie, not more of better quality. But I feel like that's also more of right, like more. Out yeah. Of- Right? Yeah, like more. That's of what I'm saying. Specifically, more like of the, a, the more of an. I want. I would would have loved her to be as active of a character as I feel like Barry is. Right, like she should at some point have recognized that she knew what Barry was doing, but in that same and she accepted breath, it. This is a this is a 1750s that we are seeing from Barry. Yeah. Right. She's not active in this movie because he doesn't see her as active. He doesn't see her as somebody that is worthy of decisions because she didn't have to work for this position. Only he did. And now he is the one that this whole world's revolved around. And as such, this movie treats it as the same thing. Whenever she tries to kill herself later on, I'm like, damn, that's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and I, I feel like that has to do more with the kid stuff. Well, yeah, but but what I'm saying is like I didn't get that she was that far along, but because this mm. movie is so focused on Barry, he it's neglecting Lady Linden as Barry neglects Lady Linden, right? Right. Well, because even at one point the movie is it the narrator maybe that talks about how he made her stay at the house yeah and then he would go out and socialize and basically build rapport for the family yeah yeah so you know definition of keeping your wife in the kitchen 
it's just such a, it's just such a weird thing because I, I do agree with you in that I wish that there was more, but I feel like that she isn't in there a lot. And that's like the point of it is that we, is yeah. that once again, the second half of this movie, the first half uh, called um, rags to riches. And then the second part, mo money, mo problems, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, the second part is as about Barry as the first part. And so we do kind of lose lady Linden in, in this and it is a bummer because yeah, what she is in here for, she's great. Yep. I, I agree. I really enjoyed her. And as you said, <laughs> uh, the scene where Barry first sees the lady was filmed so many times to the point <laughs> that Ryan O'Neill told Stanley Kubrick, if you want to show me how it's done, come show me and I'll just copy what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm really enjoying this Ryan O'Neill character. He's a good time. He's hilarious, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he's hilarious. Uh, Lady Linden and Barry Midwed, he is the most annoying husband. This almost this oh. first scene that we see of them post wedding is actually a great microcosm of what I'm talking about of how she's like a passing thought to Barry, right? Because she asks him twice to not smoke while they're in the carriage. And the first thing he does is take a huge fucking rip of it and blows it straight in her face. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> so cruel. So rude. Oh. And so we also, mean. yeah. And we forgot to mention uh, at this time, she already had a kid. Yeah. Right. So did you get, um, did you get incesty vibes from the kid? No, because I thought it was the one that she had with her ex-husband. Yeah, there's there's uh, some readings of this movie that I found that that suggests that uh, the kid Lord uh, Bullingdon, is yeah, his name? Uh, but but Bullingdon is like Freudian for his mom. Oh, I don't know. No, I never really got that vibe. I didn't either. I didn't either. I thought I thought whenever I heard that, I was like, that's a weird. Take. I don't think this movie I would have been afraid like to tell us if movie. that was the case. Yeah, I don't think he would have been afraid to tell that movie wouldn't have been afraid to tell us. Right. Right. And that that at no point in that movie was it ever afraid to be like, oh, these two guys are gay. Like, you know, they just come out and tell you. So yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, I actually has, don't think I got that at all. Kid to the first wedding, and, and he has this kid is not happy with he sees through Barry immediately. And honestly, mm -hmm. what we lose from Lady Linden, we gain from her kid. Yes, he definitely steps up. In and her I think definitely. one of the best child performances I've ever seen. He's pretty good. Not the not the really young one of him. It's when he transitions to that teenager. No, I think the really young one, whenever he's telling him, you know, no, my father is blah, 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 blah. And then he goes in and he like pretends to whip him. 
maybe yeah yeah i think i think both kids are really good but but, but I, I yeah i think that the kid kid is one of the like better child performances okay. i've seen in a while and yeah, yeah the teenager is amazing he's great oh he's gr- i loved him yeah. yeah he was awesome great great performance from him <clears throat> barry will not stop hitting his stepson <laughs> <laughs> No, and it's so like it's weird because when you first meet him, that's just not the vibe you get that he would ever do something like that, right? And I'm not sure why. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I got enough explanation in this movie to why he turned, he turned so quickly. You see, like, and this is a weird thing because maybe this would make more sense if we were well, more well versed in like the time period but i totally agree with you like it does not it seems like we know that he's like a violent dude and we know that he has like a short temper but he beats the hell out of this kid sometimes yeah and i i i i almost feel like it's one of those things that as the new dad I with especially with his personality, I would have expected him to come in and try and like fool the kid into trusting him. Right. And then when the kid tells him off, right. Like that, like he does I, later. I felt the same then thing. he yeah. just whoops ass. Yeah. I, there's I no like there's no heads up, a couple lashes. He just gets wrecked. Right. Right. And that's kind of how I saw it happening. But he just kind of goes right to that. You're a terrible stepson. Yeah. And it, 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 I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Sure. I guess I'll harbor bad feelings for you for the rest of my life, then, Dad. <laughs> that was his dialogue was great. Oh yeah. Like okay. that's a that's we'll a get, valid we'll get into answer. it later. But I was like, damn, where's this kid's Oscar nom? Yeah, like that's equivalent to somebody nowadays, like you know, a teenager back when we were younger saying. Fine, I'll run away. Right. I right. Hate I'm so you, mad at you. I'm gonna I'll run, just away. run away. Yeah, like you know, like that's that's him stepping up and saying, like, well, next time I'll kill you. Yeah, this is you where we live. You one more time and you're <laughs> fucking done, dude. Yeah. Right. It's awesome. And that was when movie hooked me back in. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> So uh, Barry has a son of his own with the lady, uh, Brian Patrick. <laughs> um, it's so sad whenever. And, and this is like, this is an interesting part of the movie because it briefly shows us like Barry's philand- you know, uh, philandering through like, uh, Lady Linden and and Lord Bullington's perception. Mm-hmm. You know they they see him in public. You know kissing on other girls and and cheating on on Lady Linden. And so it's almost the movie making us betray ourselves, right? Like yeah. making us kind of start to feel bad that we supported this dude in the first half of the movie. And I think that's a really powerful thing to do. It works. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I can't (laughs) say that the second half 
is it bad because it isn't it's really good it just doesn't yeah. move at the same pace that the first half does it isn't nearly as funny as the first half is it's really similar to my experience that i had uh with kill bill yeah sure right and you remember kind of how i responded to that where like that yes. first yeah. that first one was just like insanity and then when yeah. you thought the insanity was done he somehow upped it and right. was like i got this and then the next movie comes and there's moments but it's also more of that deep storytelling yeah, that, than the action. That lore, that like yeah, background and info. That's kind of what this reminded me of. See, that is not ex- that's not this at all because Kill Bill at least expanded on the story, right? Like yeah, this. No, no. I'm saying it just reminded me of that because it gave me similar vibes. Right. Of like this is not you what didn't I like that second expected. one. I, love I like the second one yeah. more than the first one in Kill Bill. Yeah. So if in case you were wondering, the gentleman that played Lord Bullington was also an assistant in The Shining and a character in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, that's uh, Kubrick's last movie. Yeah. So, like, I guess he's just a Kubrick favorite. I think Eyes Wide Shut had the longest continuous film shoot ever. Jesus. <laughs> This dude is just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've I, heard from something that it was like, if oh. Stanley Kubrick determined that day that shooting wasn't done, he would just hold everything and like start again the next day. Like, he would just stay around until it was done. It didn't matter. Like if you were part of his crew, you cleared your calendar because you never knew when it was going to be done. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so now that we are firmly on like starting to not like Barry Lyndon. Yep. Right. He, he is a little more soft with his son, even though I don't think that he's like necessarily a good father to him either. No. God, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but his mom comes around, and now that his mom's around, she is not the person to be in this situation. Because no. she, like, tells him immediately, hey, this isn't your money, so maybe you should start spending it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gave him license to do whatever. Yeah, Barry just starts throwing parties and buying huge pieces of painting art and like prostitutes and, and horses and like everything. He just starts spending money that he only has because he married into it and knows that it'll dry up if if Lady Linden dies. Because if Lady Linden dies, it goes to her son. Yeah. Does not go to him. And while at one of these parties, uh Lord Bullingdon, who's now, yeah, what would you say, 15, 16? Probably, yeah. That's my yeah. guess. That's probably what he's supposed to be playing. Yeah, bursts in <laughs> and fucking layeth the smacketh down. Five it's boys awesome. <laughs> starts spitting, right? Yeah, he does. He starts cooking on an open furnace. <laughs> Dude, he's great. That was that was the highlight moment for me in that entire movie. So I was like, yeah. oh, he's going to come in. He's going to sit down and then maybe throw a fit. 
He was like, no, I'm throwing a fit right now, right here. I'm about to tell you how I feel. Everyone in (laughs) front of all of our friends. (laughs) And he, I think they, they specifically invited one person, right? Or there's like someone there that's particularly important because he comes up later at the restaurant or something or the cafe that he's at. Yeah. I can't remember his name now, but yeah. So like there's people there that he needs influence to become a Lord. Right. Right. Well, well, that's the thing. I think like a representative of the king is here or something, because it's around here. Okay. I think that he that he meets the king of England. And more importantly, this is his opportunity to show the community that he's a gentleman. Yeah. Right. This is his right. his, his finally his chance. People came to him. He doesn't have to go to them. And this little fucker. Oh boy. This oh little boy. fucker bulletin <laughs> bursts in and lays it all on the tape. Right? Oh, all of it. Wrecks he it. fucking nails Barry to the wall to the point that Barry just gets up and just beats the hell out of him in front of everyone. Oh. Horrible. It was so bad. Right. <laughs> but like as as a person watching the movie, I'm like, well, all that hard work you did just went down the drain. Good job. Yep. All for naught. Yeah. All for naught. Like that's it's something just... that if your teenager's son freaks right. out, right? And you just don't do anything about it. It goes yeah, away, probably. You know, this is also right? this is also directly after so like Bullingdon and um uh, Barry's son like have a rivalry and and after an argument where Barry's son is being an absolute little cocksucker um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets a bit of a spanking from Bullingdon when you know when then he gets whipped by Barry yeah it, it tells Barry listen like I'm a man now and if you do that to me again if you lay uh, a hand on me or my mom again I will kill you Oh, right. he says it emphatically too. Yeah, it's not like a wimpy teenager. He's like, way. he's like shaking. He's like, yeah. There's so much intensity to him, mm-hmm. uh, and then this happens like the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He saw his chance. He took it. I like it. The hell out of this teenager. Uh, the teenager, uh, the actor, this Leon, uh, uh Vitali, uh, he says that. He like hardly felt a thing from from Ryan O'Neill. That Ryan O'Neill was was very gentle during that whole thing. Yeah, which well, it's acting. Well, yeah, but like you hear a lot of these actors who get into things like this, and they're you know they come out, you know they're like, oh yeah, I got bruised. I feel like I'm alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You think that it's so impressive that they fell to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so so Bullington leaves. He's like, I don't fucking need, need this shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck this, dad. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, he just pieces out. Pieces out. So now we just have Barry and Lady Linden. Uh, she is like drifting more and more into, into silence and depression. And though, I don't know why, because she has the most comfortable bathtub I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Wanted, I have it in my notes. Oh, it's 
very happy with this because this is a bathtub that kind of like has a has like a has like a headrest on it with pillows with like decorative uh, pillows on it and an armrest and you know you know where they got that right no it was bed bath <laughs> awesome <laughs> right and so the movie lives on. Beth and Bed Path and Beyond has died. Very happy with that joke, too. Very happy with that. <laughs> uh, so now, a uh, wild thing is that Barry's son wants a horse. He already has a pony, but he's a little spoiled brat. We already yeah. saw that he's a little fucker. <laughs> and, he, he will, and he gets what he wants because his dad's rich. Right? Yeah. And so they, well, they the, go, well, that's the thing. He's not. That's the thing. But 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 you know that, and you're watching him spend this money. And you're like, dude, and stop! Infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> it's so frustrating, <laughs> right? By this point in the movie, I am firmly on the like, I am firmly on the Barry Lyndon must die train. Yeah, <laughs> right. Really sucks. This guy really sucks. Yep. Uh, but 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 goes buys his son a horse because his son wants a damn horse so bad. Oh, uh, and his son finds out about it. But but you know it's a birthday gift. And what's the one rule of a birthday gift, Patrick? That you know about beforehand You're is that you get it on your it. birthday. Yeah, you can't have it till your birthday. You can't have it till your birthday. That's I'm just not even allowed to know what my surprise is. Right. I got a I got a clue and a weekend that I'm not allowed to have anything going on next year. Yeah. I got that's all I got. He told me the date was closer than I think. He's like, that's your clue. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna figure that out. Great. <laughs> yeah. And it's on February 3rd of next year. It's like, I guess it it's one day closer. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. You're not allowed to have it. Too bad. Not allowed to have it. birthday. Yeah. Uh, so the kid sneaks out. Uh, whether whether uh, Reverend Runt, who who we called Slenderman earlier, yeah, Reverend Runt, is a whether <laughs> Slenderman let the kid go. Is, is or did he? Or you know? Yeah. I don't think so personally. I don't think so myself. But but it is a good question. It is a good thought ex- exercise, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I said, I think one scene of him actively talking about how he feels about it. Yeah. Would have made that moment a lot stronger. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the kid goes missing, but they're able to be like, hey, you know, he probably went to go see his new horse. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Barry heads there right away, but he's there and it's already bad. Uh, the kid fell off the horse and his whole head is bleeding. Yeah. Well, so Steve, Steve was confused about how all that plays out. Right. Okay. Cause they, they take him home and he asks them to tell the story again and about how, uh, what was the exact, the fort when they attacked the fort or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, he is excellent in that scene. Yeah. Neil O'Neill. Yeah. Trying to tell that story. Great. I He's great him. in this movie. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, for sure. But, but that particularly, part. yeah, a, a wildly amazing performance right here. Yep. Uh, by by O'Neill. Yeah, to- totally agree. Yep. Uh, and as you know, even today they talk about the concerns of getting fucked off a horse, right? Yeah. Because it's from a height, you might hit them, they might fall on you. Like, there's so many risks and weight issues with what could happen. Yeah. And this is a, I don't know, 10 year old? At the at the most. Yeah. Like, they're not, their body's not formed yet. If they get fucked off a horse, they're toast. Yeah. Right. And that's brain injury. And they don't have the medical ability to go in and be like, oh, he's got a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's not a thing. He's just, he's got bleeding on the brain. Yeah. And we're going to have to hope he gets better. Yeah. And that's Spoiler all alert. He does. And, and they don't have like, <laughs> like dude, 1750s. What fucking medical knowledge do they know? Right. You know, this is so a, them getting bucked off a horse is like getting shot. Very much. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> very much. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> This is a very funny story. So, you know, they wanted to film this, this actual kid. <laughs> no, they didn't. They did not want to sh- shoot him getting bucked off a horse. So initially, the plan was <laughs> for them to to film the kid riding, I believe. Okay, so the, the initial plan was for them to film the kid riding the horse. Yeah. And then they would do some slick editing with like, you know, somebody older but still small getting bucked off the horse. And then intercut it. Yeah. But if you're watching the movie, it's all one solid take. Right? Right. Because it's the kid on the horse... But the kid was not like I, I don't know, like didn't wasn't like holding onto the horse reins properly. Whatever happened, this horse on its own jumped up and bucked, oh, throwing God. the kid off, and the horse jumping up so high that it landed on the ground and just uh, apparently just barely missed landing on the kid. Jesus. And so God. so uh, the the guy who was filming this uh uh Kubrick wasn't on set for this. Yeah. Calls up Kubrick and was like, "Hey, we did we did the 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 falling off scene." And Kubrick's like, "Already?" And he's like, "Yeah, we kind of got it in one take." <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, uh, you sure you don't want to do it again? And he's like, no, I think it's pretty good. I think it's good. It's very real. Yeah. <laughs> took it You'll to never Kubrick. know. He took it to Kubrick and Kubrick was like, well, for once you did something right the first time. <laughs> and that's the and that's the cut. That was their only shot of it. Jesus. So, yeah, that's the real kid getting bucked from that horse. Which is Oof. insane in the membrane. Oh, it's scary. Super scary. 
super freaking scary. Uh, blah, 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 blah. A horse for a gift. Lame. <laughs> no, not at that time. Only the cool kids had horses. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That was like getting uh, a car in high school. And so this kid is so fucking, he's like dying and he's like, he's like, promise me one thing, mother and father, that you'll <laughs> always love each other. I was like, oh my God, this kid has no idea what's going on. <laughs> he has no idea what's happening behind the scenes here. No. Right? Uh, so the kid dies. Barry feels really bad about it. Uh, Lady Linden tries to kill herself, uh, but mm-hmm. doesn't eat enough arsenic, I guess, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> I did too, and I don't think you're supposed to find that funny. I think you are. I think that's you that's, do. I think that's some Kubrick black comedy. I okay, think that's, all right. It's just, that's like something that's so absurd that you could only laugh at. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Right. I thought I think that was funny. If we're both finding funny, then it's just yeah. dude. <laughs> See, I, I also look at it like we find with things like that funny naturally. So you never know sometimes with those things. Yeah. Yeah. It was also the way that she was like throwing herself on the furniture well, and the ground and screaming. To be fair, one of the comics that Mike and I started writing a long time ago had a joke kind of just like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm sure you've told you about it. It's the two people that get together and they try to beat each other to committing suicide first. Oh, that I so don't they have to stop this, each other, that. but they have to stop each other because they want to be first. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so like the one guy could the joke. It the joke was the guy comes down and he sees the girlfriend's head in the oven, and uh, the guy goes, "Honey, it's a." Um, and it's an electric stove, right? Like something like that. <laughs> that was the joke, and I laughed dying while I was while I was writing it. Like this is amazing. Dude, <laughs> like a Sylvia. Plath that'd be thing. hilarious because, like, I feel like you'd get up, like slam the the lid the yeah. oven as hard as she could. <laughs> yep. All right. I made tacos for dinner. I have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Now that the kid's dead and, and Lady Linden has <laughs> attempted suicide, Barry's bitch of a mother comes in and fucking fires the Reverend Slenderman. She's not wrong. No, she's he's the one good dude left here. What's he there for? To take care of the lady. I guess. <laughs> they need her alive, dude. <laughs> yeah, true. They need her alive. And and he seems to be the only person who is who would who would dedicate himself into taking care of her. That's true, and he does make that argument. You know, yeah. he even says he doesn't even need payment. Like he'll do this out of the kindness of his heart because yeah. she's been through so much. True. He's like, yeah. she's been through so much, and I'm so gay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they need her alive because if she dies, where the money's gone. 
Yeah. So I the I think even if he on purpose let the kid out. <laughs> Even if he on purpose let the kid out, <laughs> bad move to send this guy away. Yeah, true. Yeah. However, with all of this horribleness going on, Lord Bullington, now what kind of fucking name is that? I, I think it's an awesome name. That's the kind of name you roll up into a place and you're like, yeah, I'm Lord Bullington, bitch. Fucking dripped out. Yeah. <laughs> and he shows yeah. up dripped up. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, he's he rolls in like it's 1902 in the Old West. Like, he rolls oh, yeah. into the spot. Yep. No, but, but... Um... Right around, right around this time too, you get like the amount of money confirmed that she brings in every year. Yeah, which was I think thirty thousand. Yeah, kiddies. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, which it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a ton of of money. It, it's about a a quarter ounce of gold is what a guinea's worth. Oh, about it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if that was in a dollar amount, I would convert it. But I'm not going to, Patrick. No, no, we're good. How about that this time? I don't convert it. Yeah, that's a weird one. (laughs) We're good. If you want conversion, (laughs) I can tell you how much this movie cost to make it this time. (laughs) Oh, that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, uh, do you want to guess? I do, and that's why I don't like to look at those. 1975 money, by the way. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. To no, three million, Patrick. That the hundred millions dollars of of budgets is like very recent up until like, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm gonna say three million, a little more than that. 11. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, 11 raked in uh 31. Okay. And if you were to convert that, uh, sixty-three million in modern times, raking in one hundred seventy-seven in modern times. So yeah, not not bad. This is a this is a success. It made money. It, yeah, but compared to what Kubrick had did before this, this was seen yeah. as, as as not a very big commercial success. I can see that. That make that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, so now. Bullington's back. He's been convinced by Dr. Slenderman to have a shootout with Barry. And he comes back and does it. Like it's fine. It's okay. We are a okay here. Right? Yep. Uh fine. and and we go into the barn. And this is, as we said earlier, this is the real duel. Yeah. Right. Every duel before this was a fake duel. Yeah. Well, and... part of it's, I think, resources and status, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But And once again, this may be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> when <Dude. bullied> in, <laughs> he gets a first shot. He is shaking like a leaf. And he goes to caucus gun and it just goes off and the look on this dude's face is so funny 
It really was great. It was good. I mean, he tries to argue for another bullet. And they're like, nah, man, them's the rules. Yeah, he should have seen John Wick 4. He would have known. I that. literally said that to Steve. <laughs> he would have known that if he watched John Wick 4. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went right to that scene the second I, I knew realized you how would. they were doing I it. I knew it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. You know, what are you going to yeah, do? It uh, is what it is. Eight red and eight is what it is. Yeah. All of a sudden, and I'm going to complain about this. It's probably not a complaint, a real no. complaint. But all of a sudden, Barry decides to be a good guy. Well, so yeah. So I don't think that this is a <laughs> that this is a complaint. I think that that he is now like seeing his life in full circle. Yeah. Right. He realizes, you know, that, that he gave his son the life that he wished he had. Yeah. Only ended in his son getting killed. Right. Follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think that Stanley Kubrick had another version of this and he wasn't allowed to do it? I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I think that he is too much of a perfectionist to 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 have that. No, I I do not believe that. But what do you think would be the alternate here? I actually think it could be cool if he just does it. If he just killed the kid? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would work at all. I don't know. I think it sticks the it sticks the end of like his arc of he is the bad guy. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of liked I liked the if they're going to go like for me, I guess it was one of those. It could go either way, to be honest. I think it works right. both ways for me, at least. Yeah. Uh, but because they start that second half with the movie of like, OK, Barry's a dick now. Yeah. For me, I'm like, all right, we'll play it out. Well, did, did he already, though? Like, this is his comeuppance for everything that he did do up until that point. Yeah, no, no, I, I, think I, I get probably, why. I, get I think why. definitely changes if his son didn't die. If his son was alive right now, Bullington yeah. would be done. That's true. You're right, yeah. There's another element I'm not adding into my thought. Yeah. Yeah. That ad- uh, Yeah, that adds up. Yeah, yeah I, I see where you're going. I just don't, I just don't agree with it. Uh, it is interesting though that they don't kill Barry right now no I thought that was a really interesting choice I think any other director any other writer any other filmmaker Barry dies here and that's the end of the movie yeah uh, I think I do agree with the way they ended up doing it because if they're going to do it that way, him losing the duel isn't enough, right? To yeah. get the full brunt of what's coming at him. He loses yeah. all of it and that's how it should be. Well, I guess he doesn't lose all of it. He gets a little bit of assistance, but it's nowhere near what well, he was used to. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Like, This is what I was a little confused about. Like, and maybe you got this because you had the subtitles and I didn't. But like, why does Barry have to leave? Um, I don't 
I think that Lord Bullington just took over no, you and think became the man in charge. Like, Listen, dude, like, I'll just pay somebody to off you if you don't go. Yeah, probably. Okay. Because he already lost the duel. So, like, that that sense of respect. Yeah, what's he going to do? He has dead. one leg. <laughs> well, right. That's what I'm saying. But at the same time, like, he's already lost the duel to Lord Bullington. So, he has that in his back pocket at all times as far as, like, community shame. Sure. Because back in that time, that did matter. Yeah. Right? Nowadays, people are just on TikTok doing whatever they want. They have zero. <laughs> yeah, setting <laughs> like, up fucking fake boxing matches. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, you know. Uh, no, so I, I think it all, I think everything that, you know, all the choices at the end make sense. Yeah. How they choose to go about that. Uh, the The shot of him handing that letter to sign for her oh yeah he did the classic stanley kubrick thing where he stays on something way too uncomfortably long and it works yeah it's you so know, good you know patrick you just yep. know that that's their 57th time doing that yeah <laughs> yeah <You> just know <laughs> yeah right? yeah He's like, all right, now you need to stay still and look very serious for we the next know. minute and 30 oh, seconds. Family. We've been doing yeah. this. It's like, no, you flinched. You flinched. Do it again. <laughs> I can't help my blinking, Stanley. <laughs> it's not flinching. Yeah. It's blinking. It's a normal human <laughs> body function, dude. Yeah. Dude. Can you imagine if he like would have directed something like Avatar and be like, "Wimp, you can't hold your breath for fifteen minutes. Do it again." <laughs> <laughs> Needs to be a one take. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Just know it, <laughs> dude. I if there's one thing for oh my last note, by the way, <laughs> for this movie before the weird credit is that. Holy shit, the teenage son looks like Macaulay Calkins. <laughs> I uh, so and then you know he does that as you said, hands his mom that thing, she signs over the 500 guineas, fades to black, mm-hmm. and then once again, hilarious, absolutely hilarious, like end title card. Where it's like, where it says like, it doesn't matter what happened in this movie, who was good, who was bad, who was ugly, who was poor, they're all dead now. <laughs> I was like, what? He's he's got his thing. He's like, got what his, a bizarre. He knows what, he wants. what a bizarre dude. What a bizarre entity here. Yeah, he knows what he wants. Yeah. Uh, well, that was Barry Lyndon. It did make me wonder what a 2023 movie would be like with Stanley Kubrick as the director. If it was like this kind of movie? No, just like in general, like because like oh. there's so many different like movie standards that we do now in customs through because of like yeah. safety and like, you, you know, just shit. Oh, it would be right on the line. Film film has just changed so much with the advent of 
of computer generation and 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 stuff that like I I just I constantly wonder anytime we we watch a Kubrick movie now constantly wonder what what a movie that he would direct in this time period would look like I'd I'd, I'd be into it I don't know I think that maybe is why he doesn't do it I well, think he's maybe, dead well right that was my bad <laughs> uh, I should have I knew that I should have let you continue and then hit I, you with I, that at the very We did end. know that we've talked about that before. That was me being a dumb dumb. Um I should have just let you go. <laughs> right? Um uh, no, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. He, so that's why he does <laughs> fair. Remember I that. I also whole don't thing? know if he'd agree though. I think he'd still be making these classic style movies and keeping just a cult following. Do you think that he would like? Okay, so like, do you think that he would be doing better or worse than Martin Scorsese? Better, I think so. But he's Martin Scorsese's also not my favorite, so it's a yeah. hard, you know. Well, I just mean I, that, like, you know, him and Stanley Kubrick and who, like, Ridley Scott. Like, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, of filmmakers who were making things in 1975 that were notable that are still doing yeah. it today. Yeah, no, and and, and it's a very short list. <laughs> right, that's like where I'm, know, trying, where I'm trying to think of. Yeah, and Christopher Nolan just does it, or not yeah. Christopher Nolan? Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, um, it just does it. You know, like I don't know, it just. It's really interesting that they still have this passion for it after all these years and they yeah. still care so much about it. It's a long time and a lot of technological advancements that you need to be willing to learn. Yeah, just differences. Like it's just insane to me how and how... the writing's different. Cultures are different now. Oh my god, dude. Like a movie like that would be not probably very well received in 2023. Oh, I don't think it'd be well received at all. I think that you yeah. show this to most people my our age or younger, and they're not going to be very entertained by this. No. And who uh, knows? Like maybe I mean, I think I would have been, and I don't I just don't know like how much you would have been if we haven't been doing this podcast for so long that like we can latch onto those details a little bit more instead of like looking at the big picture. We're yeah. better now at, at looking at what makes this so minutely good. Instead I think I still would have been, but it's because I like the aesthetic that he went for. Sure. And that's, that's always been an aesthetic. I enjoy like that Royal, um, you know, money politics, all that yeah. stuff. Like that's always been a passion of mine when we watch stuff. So that that keeps me going usually. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, dude, this fucking year for for movies for for the Oscars is insane. Oh yeah, for two thousand for nineteen seventy five. Yeah. So the best picture nominations for nineteen seventy five. Okay. Uh, I love this game. <laughs> Uh, we're Nashville, which okay. I've never seen. It's a satirical musical comedy drama. <laughs> sure. I'd probably like it. 
that follows various people involved in the country and gospel music industry in Nashville, Tennessee, over a five-day period leading up to a gala concert for a populist outsider running for president the replacement party ticket. All right. Uh, so, but but now check out the other movie. So if that movie is in contention with these movies, imagine how good that movie must be. Okay. Right. So Nashville, Barry Lyndon, Dog Day Afternoon, fucking Jaws. Jesus. <laughs> and the winner that year, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. My God, dude, that's stacked. <laughs> Is this the stacked Oscars ever? It's That's pretty stacked. It's up there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like one of those movies should have been like, you know what? Let's put this out next year. <laughs> yeah. And so we can at least stop Rocky from winning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, be cool. Be calm. Hey, no, Rocky's great. Rocky's yeah, great. Classic, baby. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, just crazy, crazy year for, for the Oscars. Uh, any other things you want to talk about this movie? No, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty good. Uh, I mean, overall, I just I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely that like it's def- you you have to suspend belief on coincidences, but I think this movie sets that up right away, so it's okay. Yeah, it's not just like a random spot in the movie where they're like, well, we don't know how to move the plot along. So he suddenly figures it out. Well, not only that, like, like I talk about like all the characters that I wish came up later in the movie, but yeah. I'm actually happy that they don't because I think that happens way too often sometimes in movies. Yeah, I still you know, think the one should have. Yeah, like if nobody, if they don't show up, then like it makes more sense that the movie is going forward. If if my man John Quinn came back in during the second half, I'd be like, why the fuck is he here? Yeah, yeah. I think they could have gotten away with that one guy pretending to be somebody, though. Well, I think they could have gotten away with the with the guy that robbed from him earlier. Is the that too? Yeah, that could have been. I'm like, they could have brought him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to just I just want to shout out how amazing the production design on this movie is. Oh, I mean, it's it's well known in the movie industry uh how how well this movie was made but i mean it it's truly spectacular uh it did win the academy award for art direction costume design um and, and cinematography so wow. <clears throat> yeah and the cinematography huh. it makes sense that makes sense Stanley kubrick was a photographer before he was a filmmaker. So that's why he has such a distinct style. That's why a lot of people think he's so particular with his shots because he has a photographer's mind. Yeah. And what I noticed too was unlike space odyssey, where as much as I very, very much enjoyed it, some of those went for a really long time, like just watching a space thing fly around for a while because it was cool. Um, this had more meaning like when he would do it it was because he was transitioning from one part of the story to the next part of the story but it was a beautiful field it didn't overstay its welcome trees were bright everything was just done so well yeah 
And then whenever you get to the town, it's brand new design, new art direction in that town, but it still fits in the world he built. Yeah. And it's always slightly fancier. Well, so, it was so really good. Incredible story that, that I heard that whenever they were, they wanted to, to film some scenes um, at the time, you know, we had East Germany and West Germany and they, the, the, where they needed to film was in uh, East Germany. Yeah. East Germany. That's the communist one. Uh, so they had to give over the script to the East Germans so that they could read it to make sure it's, it was not communist propaganda or anti-communist propaganda. And once they read the script and realized that it, that it had nothing to do with modern politics, they like yeah. completely like went in gung ho, like covered all the roads in, in dirt and stones, took down the telephone oh, cool. boxes, repainted <laughs> shit, like brought out like like the kinds of horses that would have been used at that time brought out uh, uh the the dressage for the horses that like they pulled from museums like actual artifacts Jeez. <laughs> like really went in crazy for for how well this movie looks and i think you could really tell that uh, uh yeah. while watching it and i just think that this movie is so good at conveying like circular destiny right circular yeah. plot line you know think of all the people that barry has to duel with in one way for or another for one reason or another yeah right all these times that he loses his temper that backfires on him after he was doing like pretty okay you know like all these times that he could have just left something alone, but had to have just a little bit more. And, and it came yeah. and bit him in the ass. Right. Yep. Nope. And Insistently. <laughs> it just happens over and over again. So th th I think those are my two favorite aspects of this movie. Yeah, no, it had, it, it did a great job overall. Yeah. Would you say that this is an underrated classic of Sandy Kubrick? Um, Underrated, sure. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd say it was a classic of him. Sure. For me, uh, I still have a soft spot for The Shining. Yeah. Uh, and the and the thing, obviously, because well, the th the thing isn't him. It's oh, that's my bad. Yeah, John Carpenter. Thinking yeah. the other one that's really old and has been doing <laughs> <Right>. it forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one who's my also bad. And dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's just there's other ones I think that I I really as much as I I think that some of those scenes went too long. Two thousand one Space Odyssey is still a more interesting movie to me overall. Yeah, and I think about it occasionally just because. Yeah, I mean, it's um, just crazy that this is a dude that is so renowned. And and so popular and having only film and having filmed what like thirteen movies, fourteen movies, something like that. Yeah, something. Just uh, just not too many. Yeah, very little, but like every single one is somebody else's favorite Kubrick movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just love that. It, it's just awesome to me. 
Well, it, it says that he he does doesn't tackle one topic, right? Like he just didn't do sci-fi movies, right? For even forty years, good, right? He didn't he could. Just do satirical Horror. comedies, even though yeah. he could. Yeah, uh, and that's just the mark of someone that's good at what they're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> and just like any who, actor, and somebody who isn't anything. afraid to try new things. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, is there any of his movies that you you're interested in doing next? Is there any movies from him that you haven't seen that you'd be like, oh, I, we should give that that a go? Let me see. I had a list up, but yeah, um, why not? You know, yeah, on topic, we're always talking about what we want <laughs> to do in the future. I know too that I want to do, uh. Just because I think they're my two favorite movies of his. And then there's one that I want to do because I've never seen it, even though it feels like I should have seen it. Uh, I mean, I think Dr. Strangelove probably is near the top. I've definitely the, never seen Strange Love is like my number one. Okay. Um, and then maybe maybe the Spartacus. I mean, I, I'd cover Lolita, but you've already seen it. Um, I mean, it's been I've a never long seen it's his been, Spartacus. It's been since college, dude. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's so like Lolita, probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, I you can't go wrong. <clears throat> I don't think. But my two favorite Kubricks are Strange Love and Clockwork Orange. Uh, th- those are two yeah. movies I think that would be really good discussions for the podcast. Clockwork Orange, I would, I would be okay with that because the second watch might be helpful. Right. Uh, because all then- I remember it was just crazy. It's <laughs> wild. It was a wild time, that movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know what, dude? I've never seen Spartacus. Yeah, I'd be down. That'd Even be kind of fun. That seems like a movie that I would have seen a thousand times. Yeah, right. <laughs> so maybe that's something we'll add in on the on the next. Kirk go. Douglas. How about it. Yeah. Lawrence uh, Olivier. Shit. Yeah, and it won. Uh, it won. Uh, Peter Ustinov his Oscar. So, how about it? All right. Yeah. I mean, we got options. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and before we go, I have a few questions for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, in this movie, Vanilla Bear, who would you want to see lost in the woods, naked and afraid style? John Quinn. Because he would bust some ass in them. Dude, woods. John Quinn would not <laughs> let the woods win. <laughs> no, no. He'd be like, you want to be angry at me? Have you seen my face? <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, these are my cubs now. Start these talking are my to trees. bear cubs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are my cubs. The Americans want the right to bear arms. But how about these? And he holds up two ripped off bear arms. Just throws them at the humans. You know, these are my woods. <laughs> I took care of the woods' debt. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I would pick. Um, I'd have a team up. I'd have a duo. And it okay. would be the big guy that he fought and the little dude that was telling him all the shit to say. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Still my favorite character in the whole movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> speaking of bears out of this movie, who would you want to see fight a bear? Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, I I would pick uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I would pick the French guy that they cheat out of. Did they cheat? Yeah. <laughs> I would pick that guy. Fuck him. Is it insensitive to pick the horse that is clearly so strong he can kill a human? No, dude, that horse could kill a human. It would at least put up a fight against a bear. Yeah, I'm going to go with the horse. Yeah, I think yeah. the horse is fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. I don't know. I killed a yeah. kid. So, like, yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> hey, okay. Yeah. Make that horse fight that bear. Yeah. Be great. And finally, <laughs> Vanilla Bear, if you could teleport David Batista. <laughs> Back to 1975 and have Stanley Kubrick cast him in this movie. Who would he play? Okay, so your double answer fits in with my answer for this. No. Because what you do is you switch big guy and little guy and you make him the shit talker. <laughs> Yeah. Like this little guy has been beating up on him in this army <laughs> for months. <laughs> He's just too much of a wimp to do anything about it. Yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. you imagine leaning over like tell him we know that his wife didn't sleep with him last time? <laughs> you tell him you're you. Yeah. <laughs> I do. He's like, I don't want to fight him because I'd hurt him really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but you could fight him. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Uh, I wish I could be more creative with mine, but I think that it would be really fun if he was Slender Man. Yeah, that works. <laughs> you know... Seeing Batiste in a little more like calm, subdued role, and then whenever yeah. the whenever uh, what's his name Barry's mom starts like telling him that he needs to get out, he gives her a thumbs down. Then Batista bombs her off of the second story balcony. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's how you. Do I, I I do want to say I I think that <laughs> there's room for more of these kinds of movies these days. Well, people you know are what, open dude, to I honestly feel like we got at least I've seen two or three this year that like made me yeah. feel a similar way to this. I thought Asteroid City had a very similar vibe. I thought okay. um Oppenheimer, while not funny, had had a very yeah. similar like go through the mode. And then really the movie that reminded me most of, of this from this year was Killers of the Flower Moon in both yeah. like humor. And like the way that I mean, this movie really felt like the 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 new the United Kingdom version of Killers of the Flower Moon with somebody like yeah. burying into a family and abusing money that isn't really their own. And like yeah. people in the community get pissed off from it. Like this really feels a lot like that in a different time. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, that you're going to see more of that coming 
soon just because i i think yeah that you're and of seeing... course the you know the fucking director of the one of them is is martin scorsese and the other one is christopher nolan the the best one of yeah. the best modern movie directors you know who clearly yeah. takes lessons from older directors right like it, it... here's my example okay i want to see that dude that did the the cow movie yeah make something else yeah because he had he had good ingredients in that movie, yeah, and I think he could do it. I'm telling you, dude, that movie was just like it was so close. It was so close. It was every so time close. it had it, it lost it. Yeah, <laughs> like four or five different times. I was like, yes, oh, the movie finally. Oh, then they okay, nope. never mind. Oh, <laughs> I oh, was it's going to be nope, nope, nope. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I think if I think he's the kind of guy that you could see do something. Uh, <clears throat> oh, she uh, so so the director of First Cow, her name is uh, Kelly Richard. I didn't know that it was a woman. So Kelly uh, Reichard uh, did this movie last year called Showing Up. Yeah, and that was an A24 one too. Yeah, so maybe we got to add that into the yeah, maybe that could be an upcoming A24. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, what would you what would you rate this movie? What's the number that you would give it? Uh, maybe like an 83 out of 100. Sure. I figured, yeah, I thought mid to early 80s. Standard. Yeah. Which feels like it's just good. <laughs> that just feels like an average Kubrick movie. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm saying, like, that's not a bad score. <laughs> yeah. It's just not his other movies. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Listen, people, I really appreciate y'all listening to our conversation over Barry Lyndon. If you have a movie that you'd like us to review, send it in to ForestFilmClub22 at gmail.com. You can also follow us on various socials at the Forest Film Club. Follow us and keep an eye out for articles on WordPress. Opinions can be wrong. Curated by the Vanilla Barry himself. What are you working on right now, Vanilla? I'm still working on that villain one, but I'm going to be honest, the angle's not working. Interesting. So I think I'm going to jump to our recast right right up that I was telling you about. Very fun. Very yeah. fun. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going to pick a different villain to watch a movie on. Okay. Um, it, didn't, it didn't turn out. Eventually, the villain is actually like the circumstance of the story. And I was like, well, that negates the whole article. I couldn't sure. find a way to make it work. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in the last week, I've actually had time to like sit and think about the movie and think of a proper answer, and there is zero. So I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm throwing it one out. We're okay. gonna recast. They're not. They are not all <laughs> home runs. Not all no. swings are home runs. No. So if you have any ideas you'd like to add to the special casting that we're going to do, which we'll reveal later when it's ready. Uh, let me know. You know what you know what I'm covering. So, yeah, absolutely. And of course, we thank you, our cub and cubettes out there, for listening. Over there has been the Vanilla Bear, Patrick. Say goodbye. Fine, I'll just say goodbye then. I was going to yeah, be more say fun. Goodbye. Goodbye. Just say goodbye. Dude. <laughs> just awful. say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That was weird. I don't know either. Yeah, weird I'll mean. say what oh. I want. <laughs> That's odd. Yep. 
If you don't know, you should know this has been your chocolate bear mundo. Do you got one? I feel like this was a really hard one yeah. to get. You no, do? I've got it. I've got it. Hashtag goodbye, Batista. Bye, Batista. <laughs> Bye, Batista. Bye, Tista. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Forest Film Club. Thank you guys very much. And we will see ya uh, next week. Oh, yeah.